Good afternoon, I'm Mariam Zaidi and welcome to Euractiv Digital Debate supported by Giga Europe. Now today we're diving into precision agriculture. What do e-farmers want? A big welcome to everyone who's joining us online and as always get involved. Send in your questions or your comments into our Slido chat page along with the name of the panellist it's directed at and I'll pick up some of the questions for later on in the programme. Now as the saying goes, you either innovate or you die buoyed by the EU Green Deal. More and more of today's farmers are acting more sustainably and adhering to climate neutral practices. A profound rethink of how food is produced and how global food chains are operated is also helping to make farmers farming more resilient and sustainable. Farmers have also identified ways to leverage digital technologies to make existing agricultural practices more precise. For example, 50% of dairy farmers in Europe use software to track and optimize the health of their animals. Now, precision farming ranges from simple, low-cost practices such as replacing spray nozzles to avoid overuse of pesticides to using drones and harnessing big data and AI technology to better understand fluctuations of farming conditions. Farmers then use that data to get the best out of crop yields. Data tells the farmer where best to plant their land and how much water, fuel or fertilizer they need and where. Now all of this is hugely important because of the added pressure on food security following the pandemic and then of course Russia's invasion of Ukraine from which many crises have now sprung, not at least a cost of living crisis. But another problem for food security, only 11% of EU farmers are under 40 and coaxing younger farmers into gen in, in this generation of younger farmers into farming is a challenge. So is precision agriculture the key that unlocks the pressure on global food security and incentivizes young farmers? Well, let's ask the experts. Okay, well, joining us for this debate today are Gaëlle Marion. She's the head of unit of environmental sustainability at DG Agri at the European Commission. Welcome. We also have Hans Bogovic, MEP, who's a Slovenian EPP member of the Agri Committee at the European Parliament. We have Pekka Pesanen, who's the Secretary General at Copacagena. Um, and then lastly, we have Dickie Carstens, the CEO of My Farm Web. Welcome to you all. Um, and do remember, um, if there is a problem, um, you do not need to unmute yourself. We will, of course, um, deal with your audio here in studio. Now, to allow all of you to introduce yourselves um, to our online audience, please do so in order of introduction. So I'll ask Gael to go first. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, as you've mentioned already in, in your introduction, the agricultural sector is faced with a double challenge, or I should rather even say a double imperative. First, there is a need for an ecological transition, ensuring the protection of natural resources and fighting climate change. And there is also a need for a continued food production, for food security simply. And both uh, these challenges are closely interlinked and both rely on a healthy, economically viable agricultural sector. Precision farming comes just at the center of, of this double challenge. It can maintain the levels of production while using less external input, so having less impact on the environment and the climate. Yet precision farming requires demanding investments like sensor technologies to obtain the data from the fields or um, specific tools to process the data and equipment to implement the appropriate actions. And this often implies changes also in the farming practices themselves. So finally, it requires also a lot of new knowledge of skills and advices to farmers. 
and EU farms being mostly small economic structures, the investment capacity is limited and so support is needed for the rollout of this precision farming. The Common Agricultural Policy supports and will continue to support not just investments, but also the shifts in practices through what we call eco-schemes or even agri-environment management commitments, but also through cooperation by supporting cooperation projects, notably between researchers, advisors and farmers, also trainings and advisory services in general, which are essential for these very modern ways of farming. Other EU programs will also be very important for uh, the uptake of this precision farming. So for research and innovation, there is Horizon Europe, but also um, Connecting Europe Facility Digital Programme will be um, a programme that will act against digital divides and help ensure high quality connectivity in all parts of Europe, which is essential for precision farming, especially in rural areas and the most remote rural areas. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gail, and definitely connectivity is something that we will be talking about with you um, a little bit later on. Okay, next over to our MEP, um, MEP Bogovic, please go ahead. Yeah, good afternoon to everybody. Thanks for the invitation. We have a debate about a very exciting topic. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, precision farming is very important uh, to increase productivity in the uh, agri-sector. It starts on the fields, uh, we all know and we use these navigation systems and other things, what is very important. There are also more and more machinery which uh, helps us to work uh, uh, on the fields and also, as it was said, uh, in dairy production, it's very important. Milking cows, it's not easy work and uh, if uh, robots can help us, it's uh, very important and also we can have more more cows on farms. Uh, this milking can be uh, connected with uh, feeding. And uh, here we can see that uh, through computer, we can also reach that uh, this, uh, that we produce more with less or that we precisely fit, fit uh, cows. At, uh, for, for example, I am apple producer and my apples goes to the, this uh, storage and then uh, robots and uh, also uh, sorting machines which are precise use and uh, and it's really a lot of things to increase this production. This is very important and uh, we see in many fields. What is also very important today, we all speak about sustainability in agriculture and here again uh, it's very important to have good prognosis about diseases, pests, uh, either these are uh, sensors in the nature, either this is through drones or other uh, tools which we can use and later application, it means precise application on, uh, on spraying uh, and also what is also important that uh, this uh, machinery can give us uh, traceability so it's very important to reach uh, uh, the consumers also with these data that they can trust to the producers. Uh, this, so it's uh, one of very important part, which is today, I think, one of most important that we, our production is sustainable and that people knows what we do and that they can follow this. What is also very important is that this is attractive for young farmers. It is again very important that uh, we attract young people to stay on farms. And uh, we know all that here are many, many challenges also about costs. Uh, uh, challenges about uh, pro, uh, pro, about this machinery and costs, especially for small farms, 
broadband broadband uh, connectivity so it means uh, uh, good uh, good uh, good uh, networks and other things so many challenges but uh, uh, of all i think it's uh, very important that uh, we all go in this direction and support that uh, all farmers small bigger can use uh, can use these tools which are essential for the future of uh, agriculture Thank you so much, Emi Pivogovic, um, and we will um, talk more about your apple producing a bit later on. Um, over to Pekka Pesanen, please, for your opening um, remarks. Thank you very much for the kind invitation to join you in this important event of yours. <clears throat> um, much has been already said. Um, Gail and uh, Frank, in fact, uh, emptied, to, emptied the, 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 the bucket of the relevant issues, but I would like to point out that the farming community is very much at the heart. Farmers actually are supposed to deliver. They are putting in practice what we mean by technology implementation of precision farming or whatever specific question we have. I would like to draw your attention, however, to kind of three elements that we feel very important. First of all, it is very much to facilitate uh, practical management of daily chores of a farm. It's very much about what methods to use, how to allocate inputs, um, possibly employing certain um, uh, work assisting robot, robotic techniques, for instance, like Frank pointed out. Uh, but however, it is really important that we also gather information and accumulate uh, data from the, these practices and plan for our future. So with present to future, there's a very strong link with the te technologies and especially when it comes to data and sharing relevant data with the other partners, the value chain. And then parallel to these two elements, we have EU CEAP, Common Agricultural Policy Administration, and this could actually facilitate also enormously the work of farmers, if and when we could develop systems that could actually feed in the relevant data from the farm to the administration without make, making too much of red tape. It is bringing in advantages like previous um, speakers already pointed out on younger farmers. Um, they tend to be more trained and they are more technology driven. Uh, they also in encourage farmers to cooperate. They will become active members of farmers' uh, own constituency, cooperatives, produce organizations, you name it. But importantly, and the reason why we are here and Kopan Kozeka is there, is, th is that we would facilitate these technologies and this approach to facilitate family life. It is very much about how to organize oneself in the rural areas, have sufficient coverage, make the necessary investment. And these also create some bottlenecks that <clears throat> hopefully we could also discuss today. It's very much about the internet coverage in the rural areas. It is about farms becoming more capital intensive. Therefore, we need to have competitive financial sector there to support agriculture as much as the CAP has done that from the administrative side. So these are some, just some questions that I would like to raise during the debate of today. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Becca. Over, and finally, over to uh, Dickie Carstens then for your opening statement, please. Thank you, Miriam. Um, good afternoon, um, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, always nice to to be involved in this uh, very important topic. Um, so, so the wor work we do uh, as, as my farm web um, is in Africa, Europe, uh, in a couple of global countries, is basically focusing uh, to introduce digital as an enabler 
supporting productivity and sustainability. Now, now these two agendas is is most of the time seen as as opposite sides or uh, not not being favoring each other. Now, if we look at the productivity side, uh, farmers is basically caught up in this this two very important priorities is basically zero hunger, um, making sure that there's enough quality food uh, for 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 um, productive. Um, and that relies on productivity services. So it means farmers need to be and act more productive, uh, making making use of uh, technology and digitalization as an enabler uh, in order to support that uh, irrigation, water to utilization, predictive weather models, um, uh, soil soil uh, classification, soil uh, chemical analysis, ma making sure that you. You, you, you start measuring, and as soon as we start measuring, uh, we can start managing. And, and that, that is the, the, main, the main objective of, of what we are aiming for, is in order to use digital to help us as a decision support to making more informed decisions. If we look um, uh, in, in what's happening in, in, in the world currently, uh, we see that that the, the the productivity side from from practices is gonna is gonna come from farmers that's actually just, uh, using the same amount of land and just becoming more productive on that same piece of land, and therefore you you're gonna rely on on digital and technology to support you, uh, and and that's about 85% of of future growth is gonna come for it. Only 15% will come from from land use, more land use, as as we're kept. Uh, on the amount of, of land available um, as climate change and all kind of external factors is playing a major impact on that. On the other side, you've got the sustainability part, which is uh, very favorable for a lot of farmers, but it, it needs to be concurrent with each other. So, so, so obviously, farmers has got a joint target to reduce the agri uh, contribution towards your carbon, uh, carbon emissions. Um, and, and that plays into your, to your whole uh, sustainability footprint, making sure that we've got safe food safety, making sure we play into the, the circular economy of, of having um, uh, more inputs available, but using it more effective, uh, contributing to less, um, less cost, uh, less inflation, uh, and obviously uh, contributing to the environmental practices better. Now, now that that basically concludes into the three value drivers that that uh, we we promote, and that's access to finance, which means that all farmers are asked to carry this risk and and basically um, in being involved to finance all these practices. And and we know that farmers say, well, let's participate and see how the whole values chain can share in this associated investment. The second one is access to markets, is if we can have better traceability. Um, in, 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 in order to have a food, food safety programs, we believe that, that the whole value chain can support in that. And then lastly, uh, is, is making more informed decisions. And that's, that's where we believe uh, farmers can hugely benefit from digital solutions, as, as, as example, MyFarmWeb, in order to have various data sources, um, various sensors on the farm, on the fields, collecting data, getting that, uh, that data in one in one place in one platform in order to overlay and and make better decisions thank you okay thanks so much dicky um and let's open up the date uh, debate then and dicky just building upon what you were talking about there um 
um, you know, how digital technology can really help farmers to find solutions. And you also brought up food security. Before we start talking about what the best practices are for farmers, let's also sort of take like a temperature check or a scene setter. Um, how far back did the pandemic and then obviously all the crises that have come through the war in Ukraine, um, how has this really affected farming and food security? And would you say digital solutions are really the solution to help farmers progress further? Yes, thank you. I, I, I truly believe that um, all the circumstances together um, is, is basically a perfect storm. So, so farmers really haven't got the, the benefit of, of the impact of, of the post-COVID, having the impact of, of the social economical environment. Currently, uh, you refer to the, to the war in Ukraine, the impact on input costs, um, and, and obviously the pressure on all value chains. So that, that had a major impact on farmers. But I would like to, to take us to a, a very recent report that was conducted by, by Vodafone. Um, and, and one of the very interesting um, feedbacks on that report was, was how uh, positive farmers um, are about the future of farming. So, so we were really very surprised about that. About 90, oh, sorry, 89% of, of farmers believe that technology is very important and, and they will depend on that for future purposes. Um, in, in the same breath, there was about 90% um, of, of European farmers that, that mentioned the importance of, of being sustainable as well as productive. So with, with all this uh, external um, impact, uh, that, that's really basically a burden on, on farmers and farmers need to, to carry that cost while being still productive, while making sure there's enough food um, to, to be consumed, uh, are carrying all this, this risk. And I think that's, that's one, of the, the way, one of the main areas that farmers are asking, um, listen, um, to do this, we, we fully support this, but this, it comes at a cost. And, and do we as farmers need to carry this cost on our own? Or how can we share in, in, the, bigger, in the bigger value chain in order to make funding available, to make partnership or associations available to help us, to help the world um, having, having enough food? Mr. Bogovic, um, for you to follow up on that then, um, cost is obviously an issue. Um, so is, you know, can farmers create, um, you know, food that is that does cost people less, um, that causes less inflation? Can farmers really deliver on that? And is precision farming the tool that can help them achieve that better than, say, traditional farming? Uh, first few words uh, on the previous question about this crisis. Uh, what I uh, want to say, uh, COVID crisis, uh, crisis uh, accelerate uh, the knowledge about and need of connectivity in rural areas. In past, I think it was sometimes many debates uh, uh, that we have this digital gap, but perhaps in rural areas we don't need so much. But uh, through COVID crisis, it's clear uh, how important it is that we have good connectivity in rural areas. The second, what COVID crisis also bring us uh, that more people now speak about these digital tools. They, people are more skilled because it was necessary to, to get these skills. And also what happened in the crisis, COVID crisis, that uh, these uh, small digital platforms which connect 
producers and consumers was web developed and uh, also very news a lot so i think there are uh, some good uh, points of this uh, or uh, what lessons which we learned through covid crisis if we speak about war in ukraine one of the important thing is that we again speak about food security because before everybody thought in europe especially that it's no question about food security but now we see uh, uh, that there are many challenges and it's necessary to take care about food security all the time also in uh, such time as we are now and also in the in the normal time if i can say about costs and uh, cheaper food for sure uh, if we use for example as i said dairy robots uh, if we use a feeding machine for cows it's more precise and also cheaper because it's not so easy to milk 70 cows a day what one robot uh, may, may do uh, i also uh, said i'm apple producer and my apples uh, are sorted on the sorting machine with 21 sensors and it's all parameters you can use so for sure through this big better productivity uh, it, it we influence uh, it's uh, also the 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 result of this is also cheaper cheaper food so the pressure on the food prices all the time and through these new tools to new machinery uh, we can do uh, this as it was said that we can increase uh, on one side productivity and on a other side or other side also sustainability what is very important Emi Bogovic, if I may, um, could you talk us through a little bit more about your journey um, as an apple producer? When did you decide to turn to um, precision farming and more digital technologies um, to aid what you're doing? Uh, first, what is important is prognosis of diseases. This is something to use, uh, to use these tools uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to have exact prognosis when it's necessary to use uh, uh, some pesticides and uh, uh, to, so this is one of very important things which for which is also many tools uh, and also equipment that we can uh, have precise precise uh, time for spraying uh, also there are this different uh, different machinery for precise uh, application what is uh, uh, what is uh, very important also to use less pesticides i also it was mentioned about irrigation system uh, we also irrigate this precision irrigation system through drop system and it's necessary drop uh, drop irrigation system and it's very important to have clear prognosis when it is necessary to to add water and that uh, we use as less as is possible water but that we start on time and uh, that we uh, the, the the application and uh, uh, that we add water really at wh when we need it and uh, as much as it is necessary. So it's necessary to be uh, connected with meteorological prognosis and also to to put sensors in the soil and uh, follow the the uh, water in the water in the in the in the soil. Then, as I said, it's very important about uh, about uh, managing this in. Uh, for sorting, for other things, uh, when we store uh, in storages for apples, there is many many things when it's also also used. So uh, we all know that uh, that uh, traceability is very important. My apples go through one company in my region, 
and we also export this also to Great Britain, for example. And uh, traceability of apples is very important. And once uh, uh, there was mistake at the end, uh, we got the question which pesticides we use. But at the end, as I said, it was mistake in the system. But uh, that uh, it was nothing wrong with our apples. But uh, all robots and other uh, things uh, allow us that. Uh, from a, a store, Tesco store in Great Britain, they recognized and they knew that this was apple which were which were which was produced uh, uh, in my my orchard. So uh, many in many topics we 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 now use uh, these tools which are connected with data, with robots, with sensors, uh, with other things, and uh, all this also influence on on our productivity and uh, quality of production, as I said, also on sustainability. Okay, let me come to Gael. Uh, MEP Bogovic seems like the perfect um, example uh, of a precision farmer, someone who's using that technology. Um, but talk us a little bit, of, give us a little bit of background about the current attitudes and adoption rates uh, for precision farming agriculture tools across um, Europe's farms. And talk us through perhaps the European Commission's role in shaping all of this. Hello. Um, as regards the uptake, the current uptake of precision farming, it's not that we have very specific figures, but I was provided one figure for six member states, which was from, yes, Belgium, Germany, Greece, Netherlands, and UK, UK so outside the EU, but still um, a close country, with 22% of adoption of precision farming. And this may even be still um, a rather uh, an upper estimate. So it's it's a, still a small share of farmers who adopt this kind of modern technologies, but um, but still very encouraging. As I said, we we are supporting the adoption of this of these production methods because they clearly have the the, the double advantage of uh, being more resource efficient, so using less resources, having less impact on the environment, uh, less impact on the climate, and uh, allowing farmers to to use less inputs so to to continue to be competitive and to continue to produce. So we are really on a model there that is very uh, win win. But as we mentioned also earlier, it requires knowledge, it requires advice, it requires investments, new technologies, and these technologies need to be adapted to the small size of farms. So it, it's it's not uh, from one day to another that farms can shift completely to these new systems. And often beyond the uh, investments and the advice, there's also some changes in the practice, so in the whole farm organization. So it's it's an inevitably a relatively slow process that we are accompanying with funding support, advisory support that can be funded also for the member states to put in place. I would say that because it's it's uh, it's still a, a, a relatively slow process, uh, and and that it will take time to accompany all farmers on this way, there are also in complement to precision farming other types of uh, uh, practices that we are supporting under the, the common agricultural policy, which can be a complementary uh, to to precision farming. I was uh, thinking of water because we mentioned irrigation. Uh, earlier and for example one thing is is very good to uh, make the irrigation system more efficient with a dropping system that will allow to spare water or even detection that will allow to know exactly when water is needed and where but in in um, in complement to that there can be a 
practices on soil, uh, which can help better retain water. There can be some uh, changes in crops or certain crops that can be better to use in places where uh, there is water scarcity. There can be the use of landscape features that can help retain more humidity. These kind of things are also promoted under the CAP to, to go in complement and things which are probably easily uh, accessible for farmers and immediately. Um, Peck, I'll come to you now um, for a quick follow-up on, on, on what you've just um, heard there from Gael. Um, do you feel as if the European Commission does do enough for farmers and how much um, could the new CAP further things along and to help farmers to innovate better? Well, that's a tricky question, because if I say that Commission has done enough, that would be a wrong answer from a lobby organization. <clears throat> but nevertheless, it would actually the 22 percent is very close to what we tend to say that roughly speaking, one quarter of farmers are doing fairly well economically. And uh, it would be really interesting to see whether we could have a link between the two. Uh, what would be the economic stand and especially level of cooperation, uh, level of investment of these farmers that actually use precision farming or the digital agenda or whatever is the form that and format we define that. But it is important that that it is linked with those strategies that actually Gael was uh, kind of hinting in, in referring to the CAP because it, the technology is not a, uh, a, let's say, standalone tool to make things better. It is how to apply that and where to apply and and what is the reason behind it. And I think Frank had a Frank had a very good point when when he pointed out that his apples go all the way to the to the UK retailers. And this as a strategic approach is crucially important for the application of these technologies because it did, delivers directly some added value that Frank could benefit from from the value chain. So uh, if I have to say, uh, respond to your question, Marianne, um, it would be to linking the two in a more concrete manner. So can I can we demonstrate as European Union, as the Commission, that these 22% have made it differently, perhaps better, in economic terms or and or in for instance cooperation and then go from that in in order to modify also what we have now national strategic plans to encourage farmers in case there is a need for that to go for further for the use of precision farming and digital agenda in, in their activities and gail would you like to um add an extra comment on on, on to what pekka's just said as well to react to it Yes, no, of course, we, we could try to make the links. I'm not sure it has been made, so I, I cannot say this is a, there is this uh, strict correlation. But yes, as, as we mentioned, it has a cost. Uh, to, to switch to precision farming if you're not yet engaged in this kind of practices. It has a cost and it, it requires some investments. Uh, so clearly, it, it, we don't expect that all farmers uh, will be able, without support, to switch to this kind of practices. And, and clearly, the, the Common Agricultural Policy has planned these possibilities of investment support, of accompanying new practices for farmers. Now, we also rely in our framework, in our policy frameworks, on member states' choices. It's also for the member states to build this, uh, their own strategies, so to identify their own needs in their own member states and to target and design very specifically the support schemes 
in their own member states. Uh, we, we have a policy now that is not so prescriptive, that leaves a certain margin to the member states to adapt the support tools to, to their country. So a share, uh, we share the responsibility with the member states in finding the right uh, instruments to support the farmers and make sure they can uptake this kind of, of uh, precision farming practices. And we will continue to work with member states uh, on, on a regular basis. We are launching now new CAP strategic plans, but clearly there will be a dialogue during the five years of these programs. And we will continue to, to follow up on the, on the uptake of this kind of, of practices, among others. Okay, so we're talking about, uh, you know, potential um, EU or Commission strategies. Um, Dickie, your thoughts? And also, if you'd like to talk to us a little bit more about this study um, you had of African and member states, I believe. Maybe, yeah, to summarise, um, I think, thank you for, for the... Um, for the panels, because I think we 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 really uh, heading in the right direction. We're saying the right things. If if we can if we can have one um, input of of data source, and and that's a responsibility of the farmer, and the farmer can have various benefits towards that. Exactly to the to the example of of providing a retailer with with information and a product, it, it put the, the farmer to an advantage, which means farmers will automatically start. Um, engage in, in, in digitization or because it, they can see how it, it adds value to the value chain and, and so can the value chain uh, in, in the private sector start start supporting that which we need. We, we need we need to prove the value for the farmer to participate and I think that's one very nice example of, of, of how it really supports farmers. So now thank you for, for that I think that's very important also um, to the adoption, um, I think it also does play to the to the age um, of, of of farmers. We know that farmers is is quite at a at a high um, average age, but as we see younger farmers coming into into the industry, they they more educated um, of, to towards specific areas in agriculture, and also tend tend to be more um, uh, friendly and and more um, open towards digitalization and, and technology. So, so yeah, that's, that's from, from that side, um, which, which I can, can um, really agree with with the, with the rest of the panel. Okay, and, and then, Pekka, on the, oh, sorry, carry on, carry on, go ahead, yeah. No, no, just to your second question on the study. So, no, the study was, was, was uh, very important for us to understand um, what does farmers require? What, what's their needs? What do they require? What's their asks? Because we, we can sit and we can build solutions that's beautiful, but but it, if it doesn't add value to the farmer, if it if it doesn't support the last mile, which is the farmer, then then it's then it's worth nothing. So so we actually um, started uh, engaging with farmers, understanding what farmers want, um, what's what's their pain points, um, and and we're building solutions from from that side. So so. Um, the study was was conducted over 13 countries, uh, Europe and and uh, sub-Saharan African countries, um, which included a couple of questions just regarding using uh, digital technologies for uh, for your farming practices. Um, and the outcome was was really um, uh, astonishing because I think um, we we under impression that um, that that very little. Farmers are aware of it and uses it, but there's much more because um, it's it's more than just one sensor on 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 a field. 
if we take, for instance, an uh, example of, of um, a climate uh, impact and, and the weather prediction uh, indices that, that can be used by insurance companies, uh, we've got the ability to provide um, uh, insurance to millions of small, small farmers in Africa just because, because we've got access to earth observation and we've got a ground to do thing because we've got someone on the field taking a sensor or a measurement and that supports us to, to, to give um, products and services to, to farmers that's actually um, uh, been um, outlined and not part of of the, the formal um, structure. So I think that's the, another thing that digital brings to, 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 the, to the industry is that there's a lot of small farmers and small M, M, uh, SME companies that provide businesses to that small farmers, but they're a bit isolated uh, in the rural areas. Uh, and digitalization brings, brings that together. And I think that's basically to, to, um, to one, of, one of the guest panel speakers, Mr. Uh, Brokovic, what you've mentioned, how, how actually digitalization was took it a, a, a step further um, in, in the COVID area, we, we, where we started to rely on being connected uh, without being physically there. Dickie, just a follow up. I mean, obviously, um, the threats that farmers um, face in Africa, especially with drought. So the problems that they face are a lot different to the EU. But given the support and tools you've given to farmers in Africa, is any of that translatable um, to EU farmers? What have you found? Yeah, for sure. Um, so so MyFarmWeb um, is, is our commercial farm solution. Um, and there's, there's a very close relation because, you know, the, imp the environmental impact of, of climate change has got a vast impact on both. Um, you know, if, if we have a look at the, the southern Europe, how that was affected by, by the current uh, uh, droughts um, and, and the impact on that and the, and the vast extent that farmers need to adjust in order to mitigate that means that, you know, no one is, no one is set free by, by the impact of, of climate change. And also this whole recent economic and geopolitical shocks um, and, and the impact of, of energy prices, it, it had an impact on, on every farmer both uh, Europe and, and Africa. And the similarity is, is that there's a lot of small farmers in Europe um, that also um, are depending on, on support and, and advice um, uh, in, in some sort of way uh, where, where access isn't frequently available to them. So, so I think there's, there's quite, there's, there's quite an overlay in, in your smaller farmer, farm, farm units to, to the African uh, and, and Europe, but even for, for, the, for your bigger commercial um, um, businesses, uh, farmers are really more educated. Farmers, farmers want to participate in making sure that we farm more sustainable, we are more productive, we comply to, to what uh, are required from us as a producer um, in, in order to, to make sure that, that the food on the shelf is, is of value and is preferred by, by the customer. And Pekka, just to follow up with you then, um, since we are talking about the impact of climate change, um, and Dickie there was talking about the impact um, on small farmers. Is that something that has also been felt um, for smaller farmers here in the EU? Um, and when we're not just, you know, for small farmers as well, it's not just about um, the impact of climate change. Um, how much of an impact was, was the COVID-19 pandemic on smaller farmers? Were you seeing a lot more closures or a lot more farmers struggling? And what has your organisation done to perhaps help those smaller farmers? 
Well, I, <clears throat> I wouldn't go as far as saying that COVID-19 had a significant impact on, on small-scale farmers, or small farmers in particular. Or I shouldn't say that it had it had an impact, but it was more or less like secondary impact through the changes in the consumer patterns. It was very much about the farmers not being able to move freely, freely like any, any other citizen uh, because of the COVID restrictions. So um, what I would see important in this respect is that if we talk about, uh, it's a weather related phenomena, which is very much the same in Europe as much as it was in Africa, or it has been historically in Africa, probably much more present. Um, it is very much about those uh, small steps because we talk about millions of farmers even here in Europe. And so it is something that while we aim at high, uh, very ambitious agenda in terms of what the farming sector can do for, for instance, climate change, we need to accept the fact that we have to do this in, in the smaller steps. And that's why it is important that we get as, as much of that farming community involved with these improvements. And it needs to be modif uh, modified to applied in a way that it could be applied uh, in farms as much as possible all across, because that way we would have a huge volume acting to the same direction. And I think in this respect between the two, COVID-19 and the weather-related phenomena, it is obvious that the weather is the driver of any farmer much more than, uh, than even big impact of uh, COVID-19 as such, because it's, it comes to the skin of a farmer and it has very profound impact on most of the production sectors anyway. So I would see that this would be uh, the reality, I suppose, quite close to the African reality too. Okay, um, and Gael, just to follow up then, do you, does, does the European Commission also see climate as the highest threat um, to this sector as well? It's clearly among the highest threats, that's very clear. And, and we, we know we need to act to, to, to change as quickly as possible. But I also recognize, and I think I was saying that uh, we need to have farmers on board. We need to we need them, in fact, to to act with us. So it's important that uh, that we take into account the the the, the 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 feasibility of of what we propose to address climate change issues. But as you also said, and that we see as well ourselves, uh, is that farmers are, are themselves obviously very aware of the climate changes. At least we don't have to explain uh, that uh, the climate change is, is here, that it's uh, it's real. They know, they feel the effects, um, they suffer from from climate change. And, and so we see that uh, on this topic, uh, there are a lot of, of, uh, of, of policy uh, measures that are uh, easily accepted because the, the the challenge is known and the, the awareness of, of the need to address this challenge is there. But we need to, to also make sure that what we propose in terms of, of measures is, is sustainable for the farmers and for their own viability. In, in the field of climate change, well, I don't know how much we derive from precision farming to climate change, but there are a lot of, of, of measures that can be relatively quickly um, uh, beneficial for farmers as well, like um, storing uh, carbon in soil, so uh, 
increasing the organic matter in the soil is good for climate. It helps storing more carbon, but it's also good for the soil itself and for, so for soil fertility, so for the yield. So we have these areas where there are clearly win-win um, results where it's easy to engage farmers. There are uh, other areas where it can be a bit more challenging when we speak about uh, reducing methane emissions. Uh, that requires more efforts than benefits in the first place. But it's, it's inevitable. And Mr. Bogovic, uh, perhaps you could um, follow up. I mean, earlier on, I think it was in your opening statement, you were saying that you know younger people are more aware, for example, of things like climate change, um, able to use technology. So, as someone who, of course, you know, um, is producing apples, um, what sort of advice do you have for these younger farmers, and how do you energize them and get them involved um, in precision agriculture and farming? First, uh, I want to say. Towards about uh, small farms, uh, I think uh, it's very important that uh, we all take care about them, and uh, also that we support uh, this uh, collective use uh, of some tools. Here, I think cooperatives can be good uh, organizations which can help us. Also, companies which prepare solutions that they take care in, uh, they have in mind that there are small farms and uh, it's necessary to think about this. Here is also another view which is connected with small farm and it's also connection, connected with communication of European Commission and also about my activity, activities, I work on these uh, smart villages. And here is this, uh, the, I want to say this, that we see holistic uh, on the rural areas and that we see also some help uh, and also um, ad additional income for farmers in another sectors like energy sector, mobility, tourism, care for older pe people, e-health. And here are again some uh, e-tools uh, and it's combined that we combine precision farming with other digital digitalization in the rural areas, which all together ensure the 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 income for farms and this is and for rural areas the people stay there this is in this long-term vision for rural areas is this very very important uh, topic and i think it's it's connected with precision farming at, at all as i said with uh, this digitalization in rural areas that usually start uh, with uh, connectivity and other questions and uh, new tools Yes, as you said, young uh, farmers are those who, and, and I said also in my previous uh, uh, intervention, uh, among young farmers, we, we recognize so many activities. I, as I said, I work on this uh, smart villages topic in Slovenia and uh, also in other countries. I organize more than 30, 30 uh, roundtables uh, with uh, people and I was surprised how many good solutions people have. And these are these small tools. And usually this is among young farmers. There arrived to me a guy who works on the drones and use drones for pesticides, for pesticides and also for fertilization. Another, another small company from Slovenia, they also uh, prognose uh, the diseases and uh, in uh, all in I don't know on five million hectares all around the world it's uh, 25 times more 
hectares than we have arable land in Slovenia, and they they have tools connected with uh, with uh, with uh, prognose prognose phenophas uh, of uh, plants and other things. Uh, digital platform for selling uh, this this direct connection and dialogue with consumers. So uh, I can say that it's really really there are really brilliant ideas and. Uh, uh, as uh, we see in CAP and other politics, we must we must uh, encourage and invest in this. And I think uh, uh, we have many other also proposals in uh, in also inside farm to fork in which we I don't know we have proposals for reduction of pesticides, reduction of uh, of uh, fertilizers, other things. But I think it's not the right way. If we will. Uh, work with people, especially with young farmers, they will go in this direction because they believe in this, consumers believe in this, and through this positive approach, we will uh, solve many problems uh, and also attract young people to stay in farming and also have this contact uh, with consumers and at the end of the day also with uh, uh, good uh, good effect on, uh, on the sustainability and uh, this topic. So, uh, for sure, this is great that we have in the CAP more support for uh, for um, for uh, uh, young farmers, more support for innovation for these tools, and uh, it's very important. I tried uh, also in uh, this uh, for this financial perspective to have a special tool in uh, in uh, also in uh, regional development policy in a regional fund for. Uh, the digitalization in rural areas. Unfortunately, at the end, on council and also commission, they didn't agree uh, another uh, uh, allocation of five percent for for these uh, topics, digital smart villages, and this. I think if we will go in this direction, uh, we will we will be surprised how many good ideas are in in rural areas, and people work on this. And so, over overall, is to recognize this and support. To make this that uh, more and more farmers will use the uh, use these tools. And as I said, I will finish with this. It's really very important that all the time we take care about small farms. They must have access for these tools. Otherwise, we will have the problem that uh, people will leave uh, farming on small farms because they will not be competitive and uh, and uh, it it will be not easy. I think that our goal is that young far. Uh, young and small farms also stay in Europe. Uh, in Europe. Okay, so Pekka, let's build upon that then. If I'm a young, if I'm a young person who's watching this debate um, and I'm listening to what all of you have said about all of these great ideas for precision farming, um, what would you say would be the best way for me to start? What sort of common tools are there? The best way for me, perhaps, um, you know, I don't necessarily have too much money either, so I'm going to have um, a small farm as well. What would be the best way for me to work going forward then? I think <clears throat> I think Frank has a point in in what he described through his Smart Village initiative, and especially for those millions of farms and farmers and also young farmers that come to the to the to the sector, they tend to be rather small, and uh, it is important, especially if they don't have have proper access to capital and or agricultural land or the inputs in a sense that they would just simply widen their scope and increase their output. It would be important to go through all possible co-products, uh, activities uh, that actually support the farming activity per se. 
and uh, that means that it could be like uh, like precision farming it would be digital agenda it would be closer connection to the consumers it may be better use of co-products that may be available on the farm including the actual production it could be something that could generate and push the the actual farming activity to, to the to the better economic performance and so i think it should be like it's it's a it's a uh, group of activities or number of activities that should be used to the same effectively to the same direction and in this respect the smart village concept is quite useful because it gives us an opportunity to uh, endeavor outside the scope of the core agricultural activity and find out the ways of either making the the agricultural activity more performant economically viable and or developing something parallel to this so that the farming family could make a living so the point is marion that that like you said um if you don't have capital then you have to deal with the with the issues that you have at hand and it is in our interest in Copan Koseka and most probably also people like frank that these families make a living in the rural communities and that is the fundamental element that we also position ourselves when we support initiatives like uh, Smart Villages Initiative. Okay, so another proponent for um, Smart Villages. Um, to come to you then, if, if again, using the same example of someone with a small budget, how could they also use AI? So I, I think to the, to the question of where do you start, it's always, you know, um, and, and I think we refer to uh, we need to start small. We need to start small, small steps uh, and understand where, where it comes from. So, so in agriculture, there's a basic principle um, that, that, that we support from, from, my, from my perspective, uh, and that is to understand your soil. So with understand, without understanding your soil, you, you, don't know, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you need to do. You don't know what's required from you. So, so we really support um, the initiative where you use digitalization a digital tool um, with service providers, knowledge expert service providers. I think uh, Frank also mentioned it a bit earlier is, is you, 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 you can't separate the two. You, you need digital tools to support your knowledge expert to make a decision that really can impact your orchard. Um, and that's typically what, what, we, what we are standing from and what we are promoting is that, that we are building this uh, a platform where you've got various data sets and information available um, and it doesn't require you to have all the data set available day one it it's starting from from the primary or the most important and building on that and it doesn't it doesn't mean it's it's, it's a lot of money from day one it's it's the question is start because if you start participating in this, start building that layer, start building information about your farm, about your soil, you will understand your crop better, you will understand your performance of your yield better, you will understand how your soil uses your water, and, and, and all the, the impacts is, is basically measured at, at one point. And that, that can be done through, through, a, through a marketplace where you get various data sets getting together. You can, you can share it with knowledge experts, knowledge experts, can support you, and that's why it's important. I do I do support the initiative where, where we need to keep the small farmers on their farm. We need we need to get them productive. We need to support the SME that support that farm in order to be productive, because that that's a major amount 
of of farms in in Europe. Um, and and I think if we can if we can uh, drive the initiative where we can support uh, small farmers, commercial farmers also, and and small SMEs to to be to, to participate and, and use these initiatives and new, use the tools available uh, in order to transact in that, that data, um, it, will, it will end up with a farmer having better advice uh, for his specific circumstances on his farm. Um, training your farmers on how to use that data is also really important in the work that you do? So for sure, yeah. So training, um, the, the and that's but that's a beautiful thing about uh, uh, technology. Um, you've got the ability to take um, information, knowledge, training anywhere. If there's if there's a cell phone or a mobile and there's connectivity, you, you can take anything to that farmer on his farm. And, and that's a beautiful thing about about the technology that that we really embrace and and we use. Um, in order to support the farmer, but also the knowledge expert, because uh, it is just the reality that that these the, the knowledge experts are far in between. They can't be on every every farm, uh, and if if the farmer needs needs to rely on them to visit the farm uh, on a weekly basis, it's probably not going to happen. And it's not financial viable to do that. But now with with technology, you can actually take take the knowledge expert to the farmer and vice versa without. Um, having someone to drive out to the to the field himself. Great. And Pekka, you, you wanted, wanted to follow up and talk about connectivity, I understand. Well, uh, actually, about, I've, I forgot one important element in, in also what Frank pointed out, and that is uh, cooperation. Because like, uh, <clears throat> especially if you are, um, uh, if you are, you have shortages in, in terms of your own capital, um, you know, from your capital side, uh, but then you are willing to make your investment in, in into production of whatever agricultural commodity or services. And then the cooperation with your colleagues um, in the farming sector in a cooperative or producer organization or whatever means that, for instance, the CAP is providing is crucially important. Most of European farmers actually are involved with cooperatives in one form or another. And that has been a big driver for us in Europe. And we believe that also internationally, this could bring benefits to, uh, to the millions and hundreds of millions of uh, relatively small enterprises that we have in agriculture. You can't just simply go out and make an investment a thousand hectare farm you need to deal with what you have at hand and most in most cases it is very much about a rather low level of capital uh, joining forces with your neighbors colleagues uh, other farmers and creating added value through that cooperation is truly truly valuable and um, we need to also point out that this brings in the element of innovation to the to the Play. If you uh, pool your resources, you would be able also to invest into product development, which would be completely out of reach for individual farmers. And in this respect, we have uh, dozens and dozens of good examples in Europe, and we are very proud of them. This is fundamentally a big part of European agriculture success, if I can call it that. Okay, um, we're, we're, I will go to questions in a moment, but there's just one last question I wanted to ask, Gail, because I know it's something that you also wanted to talk about, which was um, connectivity. Um, talk us through the conundrum that is living in the countryside and people having, well, quite rubbish 
um, network connections, why do we still have this problem? And that really inhibits um, rural farming, doesn't it? Yes, no, it's, it's a fundamental issue. And, and uh, I think Frank also raised it that during COVID time, it, it appeared even more clearly that our connectivity became totally vital to all of us. Uh, at some point, uh, we were even saying uh, in our discussions where it should be become a, a need as, uh, as the connectivity of water and electricity. We should have connectivity everywhere for everyone. Um, Absolutely, it, it, it's uh, it, it's a very important aspect for the development of rural areas. We we have published last year a, a long-term vision for rural areas, and uh, it has a lot of aspects. It's uh, but it, it's important, and I think even in this debate on on uh, on precision farming and and on the future of, um, of farmers and of young farmers, the attractivity of the of the job of farmers depends on. Uh, the livelihood in rural areas. And as part of this livelihood, I think it's clear that everybody expects to have a, a connection now in Europe and and to to a good connection. So the digital gap is closing is is uh, and, and with I think a lot of EU funding also involved in closing these digital gaps between urban and rural areas. But what is still um, at stake is a good quality connection. So it's really this very fast uh, connection broadband. So there I'm less of an expert in this field, but obviously a very good quality connection is very important. So as I mentioned, we have a program and there will be a new call. I understand for February 2023 for, for uh, applications for this uh, program on uh, connecting Europe facility. Uh, with uh, really uh, the will to address the digital divides where they exist and so to, to help connect uh, well all the last remote village and that will be really an enabling factor for, for a modern farming but not just also for people living in rural areas uh, not just for farmers obviously. Okay, so February 2023, mark your books if you live in a village and you have poor Wi-Fi. Um, okay, let's go to questions then. Um, we have a question from Mark Moore, um, and we'll go to MEP Bogovic for this one. Mark says, I've been doing precision farming for over 30 years, and it's not easy because of incompatibility between technology. How do we as an industry join up technology products so we deliver practical precision farming solutions and systems to farmers? Mr. Bogovic. If I understood correctly, the question is, uh, can you can you repeat, please? Sure. Um, so Mark says he's been doing, he's a precision farmer for over 30 years. He says yes. it's not easy because the incompatibility between um, technology. So he's asking, how do you join up the products um, so we deliver practical precision farming systems and solutions to farmers? So it's basically the technology versus the system. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's uh, we started with very easy solutions. I don't know very easy. It's not easy, but I, I don't know GPS and other things uh, which farmers start uh, 10, 15 years ago, and uh, more and more uh, complicated systems are here. And how how to connect this? This this is this is always uh, always uh, a question. So. Uh, I, I can agree with him that it's uh, not easy and uh, it's also uh, 
also uh, not possible to find easy solutions how to solve this problem. But I can say, for example, as I spoke about uh, some systems which are connected in in feeding uh, feeding uh, cows, for example, connected with uh, with milking robots, other things. So there are there are some solutions which are which are made uh, by some companies which are specialized in some specific areas. But for for other, I understand that uh, there are uh, solutions which are which are connect not not connected and it's not uh, not very cheap then to use and to buy everything. So uh, I I don't have I don't have a, a quality answer because if there is a quality answer then. Uh, this question was not necessary. So, but uh, I think this is the one of the things, as we spoke before, uh, how to work uh, to prepare these uh, user-friendly solutions and also solutions which will be uh, compatible. Now we have solutions per partners, and uh, uh, I don't know when we will make a system, but. As I said, for example, diseases, prognose, uh, spraying, uh, there are some systems which work, work, uh, work, uh, work uh, and are uh, compatible. Perhaps my colleague in the, in the panel who is uh, uh, more focused on uh, the, the, uh, uh, this solution, uh, Mr. Dickis, has better answer than me on this question. And I think he wants to um, comment. Dickie, go ahead. Yeah, thank thank you, Frank. I think you're spot on with that. Um, there isn't, there, there might not be a the correct answer uh, available yet. But what we're clearly seeing, and, and out of my experience, and and what we're getting from a farmer, and Frank, you will agree that that farmers are are not at the point anymore where they want eight different apps on their on their mobile, and and jump between the two and have no ability to overlay data from your irrigation to your yield monitor or from your pest disease to your weather. Um, you, you're actually requiring to have that data on one uh, single uh, uh, point of, of call. Um, and, and that's, I think, the new, uh, the new initiative that, that will come, come to light, uh, especially in the agriculture, where, where we see that that data um, that's, that's been collected um, is valuable, but it's, it's just so more valuable if it's collided. In isolation, it gives you a index. But if, as soon as we, we take it together, it really gives you a, a bigger picture of, of really what's happening on, on your farm. So more and more farmers are reaching out and is asking this question. And that's, that's why we see more and more uh, digital marketplaces, uh, precision agricultural marketplaces, exactly as my farm web, where, where you're, you're agnostic marketplace. You, you keep the, the, the third-party service provider, which is a knowledge expert, um, in, in, the, in the offering or the solution or the service they provide. Um, but, but in isolation, it's only one data point. You would like uh, three or four or, or maybe eight of your service providers. You want all the digital um, information on one point of call, one place available. And I think that's the new initiative that's, that's coming to light. We will see precision agricultural marketplaces that integrate with these third parties. And it, it will just give more access, better access to, to the SMEs uh, and to the farmer and to the service providers. Okay, so those are the good sides um, about data, but there are also risks. 
And this is a question for Gail from Pauline. Um, she says the opening statements were all about the potential benefits of data-driven high-tech farming. But what about the risks or drawbacks in terms of data ownership, accumulation of power in large companies, and general liability of advice when corporate interests are not necessarily sustainable of just? I'm not quite sure what that of just is, but yeah. Go ahead, Gail. Hi, thank you. Um, I I think uh, on our side we're we're um, we're we're not organizing the systems ourselves, of course, but we would rather advise for keeping in it separate um, agronomic data so that are that are really useful for the farmers or they can be shared with other farmers from um, possibly administrative data and certainly uh, not to be used anywhere for any type of purposes. How uh, should this be ensured? Then I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, fully sure how the exact uh, security of the data system uh, is, is designed in each of these different technologies, but um, we understand the point. And, and we also think that it's um, it's important that farmers feel uh, secure with the use of the data, and that uh, and that they they have guarantees uh, for the use of their data that it would remain private if it's for private purposes or that it's shared only to uh, the other entities uh, with whom it's clearly agreed that it can be shared. Sometimes it can be useful to share the data along the, the, the food chain, but certain data certainly have to remain private. So these are technological things. We so uh, things that that yes needs to be uh, agreed with the providers themselves of the technologies. But clearly, uh, we take the point that this this um, reassurance for the users that the how the data will be used by who is very important. So I would say I take the note. I don't have a, the exact solution um, for and, the, and, to And Pekka, do, do your farmers also feel that there is an issue when it comes to data? Yes, of course. And we, <clears throat> together, together with our other stakeholders, we did this exercise a few years ago during the previous commission. And uh, we developed a um, code of uh, good practice at European level for data sharing. And uh, this was uh, this brought in, I think, 11 stakeholder groups um, at the European level to, with the strong support of the Commission services, uh, Commissioner Hogan at the time. And we certainly ide identified the need for for kind of preparatory work in, uh, in uh, offsetting some of the risks that we saw coming. And um, I think it's fair to say that if if the EU institutions, the member states, do not follow this close close enough, we will end up having a um, competition policy problem, because the accumulation, especially in the hands of of very few operators of of relevant data within the value chain, would go against the interest of society and definitely against the interest of farmers in general. Thank you so much. Okay, so you've got five minutes left. Um, and as a last question, um, which I'll ask all of us uh, panelists to wrap up with, we have a question from Jurgi. And he says, well, first of all, he says, thanks for the session. Thanks, Jurgi. Um, and he asks, can we have three bullet points, the three most important as a summary? And this is for all panelists, so please um, reply to this. Um, the first point is, what do EU farmers want? 
um, new tools, I mean from precision agriculture, what do they see as the top three most important needs? We've heard several options, possibilities, but what did they say? got a little bit confused with that one myself. Um, but I think essentially what Jorgi is asking for is three main bullet points for the three most important needs or asks um, for precision farmers. And if we could start with Gael, please. Hi. Um, I would say that um, from what I retained from today that um, precision farming needs to be rolled out and implemented with full support from the farmers themselves. Uh, so they, they need to have the benefits of that uh, for their family, for themselves and, uh, uh, and for, for, for their farm and their future. The second point that I retained is that uh, this digitization of uh, agriculture can be much more than an individual uh, step at farm level. It's also about cooperation along the food chain, but not just, we said also among farmers, exchanging experiences, um, benefiting from demonstrations from neighbors, uh, being in contact with advisors. So a lot about networking, cooperation, exchange of knowledge is really uh, inherent to this topic. Topic. And finally, I think the third uh, point that came for me very prominently to all of by all of us, huh? we all agreed, uh, but um, that certainly uh, this uh, precision farming should not be a niche development for only the highest performers in, in agriculture. It should concern all types of farms, should be made accessible to, to all. I'll say that's the okay. three points. Thank I you so much, Gail. Um, over to MEP Bogovic, if you could also include into your answer um, three bullet points, three sort of key points that you think anyone entering um, into precision farming should be considering or thinking about doing. Uh, first, take care that we will have connectivities, connectivity in rural areas and skilled people. Uh, second, uh, be focused on young farmers, also on small farmers, small farmer, farmers, and uh, also uh prepare user friendly solutions so that they can use and they are they can start uh, and the third uh, for me it's very important that we have holistic approach on rural areas that we also uh, are focused on additional uh, activities which brings uh, enough big income on farms and also enough jobs in rural areas so that the goal of smart villages, populated rural areas will be realized. Okay, thank you so much. Um, and then over to Pekka next. Well, clearly we need to have transparency, especially the, the ones to, for those people who enter the market. Why do we do this? Uh, what, are the, what are the societal expectations? And then uh, we need to enable these through the EU policies, uh, relevant policies like CAP. And the third element would be that we need to be very clear with the benefits that uh, these individual farmers would get. So if, if you say that, well, you do this for greater good, I don't think it's good enough excuse. We need to be very precise to say that this is how you would be able to improve your um, uh, living economically and making it more, uh, let's say, acceptable for all parties, and especially the farmers themselves. Okay, thank you so much, Pekka. And then lastly to Dickie, any final um, thoughts um, and advice to farmers? 
Um, maybe, maybe to the three points that you mentioned, I think uh, what we can take out of this is um, farmers um, need need support um, to uh, to go on the digital journey. Uh, that support is it might be on a financial uh, perspective, it might be on a, tra a training perspective, but but I think also a, a very big a good motivation on on the benefit for the farmer. And and in, uh, and why you need to to participate in this um, because it's 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 a it's, it's a dual purpose it's for productivity but also it's also for 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 enhancing the the, the data in in the value chain um, and then I, I I fully agree um, don't don't leave the small farmers behind uh, they they contribute enormously to to our 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 food basket and it's going to be uh, we're going to be more reliant on them for future purposes thank you. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you to all the panelists. We're going to have to leave it there. Um, but thank you for all of you uh, to, for participating and for sharing your thoughts on precision farming. I'm Aram Zadi. And to all of our viewers, thank you for watching. Take care and bye-bye.